All right, welcome everyone. Welcome to 11th hour. Um, if you're just coming in, if you could take a seat. And as usual, if you all could turn off or silence cell phones, that would be great. If there's questions at the end, I will bring this microphone around so that everyone can hear. Lately, I've been thinking about a retreat as anywhere my blue healer, Addie, is allowed to go. Usually my house, sometimes the woods, or an outdoor patio. There's something about her presence that slows life down, erases the annoyances. Today, Mary Allen will talk about how to create an everyday writing retreat, dog not included. Mary is the author of two book-length memoirs, The Rooms of Heaven and Awake in the Dream House, which was awarded a National Endowment for the Arts Creative Writing Fellowship. She received an MFA from the Iowa Writers' Workshop and has taught in the nonfiction writing program at the University of Iowa. She lives here in Iowa City and is a full-time writing coach. She also works with people who are not local. Please join me in welcoming Mary Allen. Thanks for coming today. I uh, actually taught in the Summer Writing Festival last week, not this week, so, but I do see at least one of my students from last week here and maybe a few former students too. So um, uh, this talk is called The Everyday Writing Retreat, as Anna just said. Um, how many people here have ever been on a writing retreat other than the Summer Writing Festival? Um, the idea of those writing retreats for anybody who doesn't know or hasn't thought about it much is that um, they give you time and space to write. There's also artists call, artist retreats as well, sometimes for composers, but since we're talking about writing here, we'll talk about writing. Um, they, you go to these places and they provide you time chunks of huge chunks of time, sometimes a month, sometimes longer or less, and you get to focus only on your writing, and there's nothing, at least theoretically, to interrupt your writing, although I know of retreats where people do a lot of socializing and having lunches and stuff, and that can interrupt your writing, too. Um, I was on a month-long writing retreat a long time ago. It was really wonderful, and I definitely encourage everybody here to look online for them, apply for them. Um, some of them you have to pay to go, and they're easy to get into. Some you don't have to pay at all for anything, including food or anything. Those are a lot harder to get into, but it's still worth trying. It's kind of like applying for a graduate program in that, particularly the hard ones like um, McDowell or Yaddo or something, you have to submit your work, and, it, and they will let you in at least theoretically, based on your work. Anyway, I, I encourage everybody to uh, go for that. I think it is really wonderful. Um, but let's face it, we can't always go on writing retreats. And um, most importantly, we don't want to put off writing until someday when we are, have a retreat or retreat conditions where we have more time and space to write than we do right now. And um, so what I'm going to try to talk about today is how do we create them in our own lives um, easily without lots of money or hassle or anything like that. Um, for me, a writing retreat is, is really all about a state of mind. It's about emptying your mind and feeling like you have space and spaciousness to do the writing, right? And I kind of think of it as those... Um, paintings by Magritte, if anybody has ever seen them, where 
it's a guy and his head is full of blue sky and clouds. And there's this, this great feeling that you get when, when your head is full of blue sky and clouds instead of full of worries and what you have to do tomorrow or today or the laundry you haven't done and all that. So um, part of my theme is that actually a writing retreat doesn't have to be all about creating conditions like going away somewhere where you have all your time to write. That's great if you can do it, but, we, but most of us can't do that all the time. So I believe in our own lives we can create the conditions to have some of that openness inside our, inside our heads while we're writing. Um, and I think the first building block in doing that is fitting writing into your life now. Um, if you wait to have a feeling of spaciousness or to have time in your life where you don't have to do anything else, you probably will not write very much. But fitting, fitting writing into real life, I think, is the primary job of all of us. Um, I've been working on it for 30 years. Probably the hardest challenge and most important job anybody who wants to write, including me, has to do is somehow find a way to fit it in. Because if you don't, fit it into your time, you won't do it. You know, it's as simple as that. Um, years and years ago, before I started trying to write, I wanted to write, but I wasn't writing. You know how that is. Months, years go by, you're not writing. I met this old man who was a really famous author, a very successful author, Bill William L. Shirer. He wrote Rise and Fall of the Third Reich. And I met him. I had this job in publishing. And I somehow managed to tell him I want to write. And he said, don't wait too long. <laughs> and then he told me that the way that a writer writes and that here's how to do it. So I'm going to pass this on. I've talked about this before, too. He said to me, um, try to put aside a certain amount of time to write five days a week. Um, any time that you have that you can do it that works for you. He said, anybody can spare two hours a day. I, I don't think that's true, at least not anymore. You know, and our lives are so busy, two hours is a lot of time. But I think that any time you can spare, even if it's a half hour a day, five days a week, or maybe a couple hours on the weekend only, or 45 minutes in the morning or whatever, that gives you time and space to write. It's like um, that movie Field of Dreams where, um, you know, they, the guy shows up and says, if you build it, they will come, meaning if you build the, the baseball field, all those old, you know, baseball greats will show up. Well, that's how it is with writing. If you make time, it will come. If you don't make time, it will not come, let's face it. Um, so um, that's sort of the first job, I think. Um, I. I also think that you can make time and space to write in other creative ways too. You can you can make you can plan to make you know like a writing retreat for yourself. You can look at your calendar and go, okay, I can take this day off and I will use it as a writing retreat, and or two days off, or next month I can take four days off or something like that. And the important thing is to, is to do that, is to look at your calendar and think about it and plan it, you know? It just takes about 10 minutes to do that. 
but we all just keep racing forward through our lives without doing that. So you've all done it because you're all here, and this is time for writing too. So, um, so anyway, um, and then the next hard part of that is if you've got time to write, then use the time to write. You know, like instead of going, I have to do the laundry now, or whatever it is that we do to avoid writing, um, what I do is I just get myself to sit at my computer and, and have it open to what I'm working on. And I don't force myself to write, I just, but I do get myself to just sit there and look at the computer. And pretty soon boredom, if nothing else, will drive me to my writing, and then my writing time will be over. I've written two and a half whole books this way, so it really does work. Um, so um, I did talk about this during another 11th hour talk a few years ago. You can find the podcast on the Writing University website if you want. Um, that talk was called Harnessing Time, and Harnessing Time is also the, sub, the title of the book that I'm writing, which is really about um, how we can get peaceful instead of feeling so busy all the time, no matter what we have to do. And the thing that I've learned is when I look at people being busy and having too much to do and, and never having enough time, about 90% of that is psychological stuff. You know, the, the things that you tell yourself or um, you're sort of giving away all that time to other people. Um, I think boundaries is a really big issue in terms of having time to do anything, including time to write. So when I make my little space in my day to write, I think of it as having like flexible boundaries. And I, you know, I don't let anything normal get in the way of those boundaries. If it's an emergency, sure, but you know, like I don't have, make time to write and then the minute somebody calls me up, start talking on the phone with them during my entire writing time or else, you know, um, I don't have kids, but I know for a lot of people driving kids around is a big issue. And so I wouldn't make my writing time during the time when I was gonna write, be likely to have to drive my kids somewhere, for example. Or, you know, when it comes time to make a dentist appointment, I don't make the, I don't toss my writing aside and make the dentist appointment there. I, I just sort of honor that space. And, you know, there's a whole psychological aspect of that because when you're honoring your writing space, you're really making space for yourself and um, in your own needs and desires. And I think, you know, the appeal of a writing retreat or a writing colony is you don't have to do that work. It just gets done for you. You know, you don't have to worry about anybody else's needs or anything else you have to do. And that is great. But if we can't have that, then we have to do it ourselves. And the thing that I've learned about it is um, all you really have to do is try to stick with the practice of making the time, sitting there during the time. You don't have to work with all the psychological parts where you're giving away, you know, you're, you have no boundaries or you're anxious or anything like that. I think it's great if you can work on that stuff, but that stuff will automatically take care of itself if you actually just do the work of making the time and then sitting there with the writing during that time. Um, so, um, what I want to say is that 
when you do that, and maybe everybody here already knows that, but when you do make time and space to write and you sit there during that time, it really does feel like a kind of wonderful, spacious retreat just because you're doing it. You're just writing, you know? And um, there's, I read that the novelist Lee Smith said something like, it's always great to have a novel going because when you're writing a novel, you feel like you can, you know, put your own life aside for a little while and go into the world of the novel for, you know, a couple hours a day or something. That sounds great. And I'm not writing novels, but that's what writing is like for me, too. So once I make the space to sit there with the writing, all of a sudden, everything else seems a lot less important. And it is a kind of retreat. Just, very, just writing every day is a kind of retreat. Um, the novel, John Updike said that he was somebody who really practiced his writing and, and was incredibly prolific. And he said, um, writing makes me cheerful every day. And I, and I think, um, I don't know, the experience that I've had is that um, I don't know, maybe everybody else here has had it too, and if you haven't, you probably will have it, that somehow when I get inside the writing and I get peaceful and I'm just there with it, um, something inside me changes. It's almost like a door inside me that wants to be open is open, opens up, or all of a sudden everything else that seems so huge and scary and important just kind of fades away, and there's the writing. And, it's, and when I do that every day, you know, I, if I do that in the morning, then the rest of the day, it kind of carries over into the rest of the day. And I sort of have a feeling that's why we write, partly. I know it's why I write, because it makes me feel so good, even though it's also really hard work and all that. But when I really get into that writing place, I am retreating from life in a certain way. Um, so... Does anybody else ever had that experience? Everybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think that's why we're here, right? And um, um, so again, it's like you don't have to feel spacious. You don't have to have spaciousness in order to write. All you have to do is write in order to have spaciousness. It really works that way. So you just have to find a way to get it in there. And um, so the other thing is that writing itself is all about oh, becoming more aware. You know, another reason that we do it is um, you can't write in a state of fogginess and dissociation and worry and you know, the way we walk around in our heads all the time. When you're writing, you have to focus on what you're working and your, your mind sort of clears. And um, the very act of writing does that to you. It, it forces you to focus and be in a place of clarity and retreat, sort of. So, um, um, what I have learned, too, is that I can use writing purposefully in my own life in order to affect how clear I feel and how... So again, I, for years, I wanted to have that great feeling of spaciousness so I don't have to do anything. I can just go there and write. But now I've learned that I can use writing in my everyday life to transform my everyday life. I don't have to escape from my life quite as much. And um, 
I discovered this about, I don't know, 10 years ago or something on a vacation where I was like, I was rushing and anxious and everything just felt jammed up. And I was with my ex-partner's son and all of a sudden it came to me, I could write about this. And some part of me started to focus on the experience and um, notice things about it that I wouldn't have noticed otherwise. And also, I don't know if anybody here has ever read Eckhart Tolle. Um, he's a great spiritual writer, Eckhart Tolle. He talks about how there's a part of you that's an observer in your life that sees things. And if you can detach enough from what's going on and be with that observer, your whole experience of everything changes. And that's exactly what happened to me when I realized I could write about this. And I started seeing things really clearly. And um, not with my mind, not understanding things really clearly, but I was noticing things like leaves on trees and, and all of a sudden the whole experience became funny and fun. So I started doing that in my life and I call that writing mind. I have my own name for it and everything. Um, I talk about it on my website. If anybody wants to hear more, you can just Google me and my um, author website will come up. And um, so I've learned that you can actually use this whenever you want to. And I've used it during moments of boredom, horror, <laughs> terrible feelings, but I've also used it on vacations. And um, so uh, every year in March, I go on a writing and hiking retreat with my friend Joanne Beard, the writer, if anybody here is familiar with her. And um, all we do is write and hike for those two weeks. So it's another kind of writing retreat. Um, but this year, I decided I was going to write about the vacation on the vacation. And um, what we do, we also do something that I call fast writing. So anybody here who's ever taken a class with me or heard a talk from me or anything knows that I use this process that I call fast writing to generate new material. And um, my friend Joanne and I did it on my vacation. So the process, I have a handout on my website that talks about it, but I will just say fast writing um, for me is a way also to outrun my perfectionism and get something down on the page. And um, so what we do is pick a certain amount of time, write about it as fast as we can without stopping, um, focus, start in a moment, put down whatever is concrete in that moment, and, and then when we're done with that 20 minutes, we read it to each other and we only speak it back in praising ways. We only praise it, we don't critique it. So, I knew I was going to be doing that every day with my friend Joanne on this retreat. So we spent a lot of time hiking through the desert, and I spent the whole time hiking in the desert, sitting in front of the house, staring across the desert, um, whatever it was, just noticing things really specifically because I knew I was going to be writing about them with Joanne. And so I would really look closely at the cactuses or the sand or whatever it was. And I, um, it gave me a real genuine state of mindfulness, another spiritual concept that everybody's talking about these days. How can we become more mindful, right? Because everybody, we sort of know now that part of the key of happiness is to be in the present moment instead of, you know, wandering around and through life and not seeing anything. So, um, 
I was very mindful on that vacation because I knew I was going to write about it. And then during the writing, I wrote about it. You know, I didn't try to write about it or s struggle or sweat through the writing or anything. We just sat there in these short chunks of time and I put down, you know, every concrete detail. And, um, and then when I came back, I had a rough draft of an essay and then I massaged the fast writing into an essay. And now I have this wonderful essay, but also my vacation is so imprinted on my mind as the most wonderful experience I've ever had. And so that's another way where um, you can use writing in your life to make your life something really wonderful and, and spiritually unusual and exceptional. Thank you for being such a great audience. Thank you. I hope you all go on writing retreats and let me know how it is.